Oh yes, and oh yes, where my clap at? What's up family on this beautiful Sunday evening? And I don't know about you, but this, this discernment series is just doing something. It's, it's dangerous. It's dangerous when you begin to inform people, how do you actually discern the voice of God? How do you actually discern when this is a trap playing dress up? And anybody who's ever engaged in competitive sports, any competitive team event, you have practice, you have training, you have diets, you have games, and there's a critical part if you want to be a championship or a high caliber team, and that is you review film. You have to review film. I have to be able to know what I'm facing. I have to know what, like, like what are my strengths that I could use on the people that I'm about to go to war against and in the same way it's going to be hard for us to discern a voice that we don't know and it's going to be hard for us to fight an enemy we don't know exist so this discernment series i pray is blessing your life tonight is part three and i want to get to work i was searching over the last few days for um, another foundational text and god was like no we're just going to build on top of the foundation you already laid on thursday night and thursday nights are absolutely crazy absolutely crazy if you ever have a chance you want to join us in person on a thursday night it's just something about the atmosphere I, i'm pretty sure you could tell online it's just tremendous but um i want to get to work i'm not going to be long but i am going to be strong i want to get to work our foundational text is the exact same foundational text that we read on thursday night plus one more scripture matthew chapter 13 Matthew chapter 13, verse 24, it says, Jesus told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seeds in his field. But while everyone was sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. When the wheat sprouted and formed heads, the weeds also appeared. The owner's servants came to him and said, Sir, did, didn't you sow good seed in your field? Where then did the weeds come from? An enemy did this, he replied. The servants asked him, Do you want us to go and pull them up? No, he answered, because while you are pulling the weeds, you may uproot the wheat with them. So let both grow together until the harvest. At that time, I will tell the harvesters, first collect the weeds and tie them in bundles to be burned. Then gather the wheat and bring it into my barn. And one more foundational text that is just gonna bring everything together on tonight is 1 Peter, 1 Peter chapter five, verse eight. Be alert and of sober mind. Can I get everybody right now, an introduction, everybody put in the room, be sober. Be sober, all caps, be sober, be sober. Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. So, so not only, not only do we have an enemy, not only do we have an enemy that's sowing seeds at the same time, not only do we have an enemy 
that's planting seeds in the same field, in the same season, at the same time that God is, hoping that we will end up choosing the weeds and then blame God that this is not giving us a wheat result. Hopefully we end up picking the weeds. The enemy is trying to assist us. <laughs> the enemy is trying to be influential in assisting us with bad picks. Somebody's like, listen, I don't need no assistance. I have bad picks on my own, but the enemy is trying to be influential in assisting us with bad picks. Not only is he doing that, but he is seeking to devour you. Devour you and devour me. And in the context, in this biblical context, the word devour means to consume or engulf. Please hear me. The word devour means to consume or engulf. So not only, not only is the enemy planting seeds and hoping that we select the counterfeit so that we end up staying in seasons longer than we have to and end up blaming God that my life is filled with weeds and you told me that you're a God of wheat. Not only is he trying to do that, but he's also trying to devour you. He plants things to devour. Devour means to consume or to be engulfed. So I want you to be consumed with stress. I want you engulfed in it. I, I want you consumed with doubt. I want you engulfed in it. I, I want you consumed with depression. I want you engulfed in it. I want you consumed with trauma. I want you to be engulfed in it. I want you consumed with pain. I want you to be engulfed in it. I want you consumed with anger. I want you to be engulfed in it. I want you consumed with arrogance. I want you to be engulfed in it. I want you consumed with lust. I want you to be engulfed in it. I want you consumed with the counterfeit. I want you consumed with overthinking and replaying mental scenario after mental scenario. I want you consumed with it. Why? Because I want you to waste your time. Please hear me on the night. I want you to waste your time because wasted time can lead to a wasted life. Listen, listen. I want you to waste your time because as long as you have oxygen in your lungs, you are a potential problem. As long as you have oxygen in your lungs, you are a potential problem. So if I can get the potential problem to be consumed with problems, they'll never be my problem. Did y'all hear what I just said? If, if I can get the potential problem to be consumed with problems, They'll never become my problem because watch this, watch this, consumed souls become clouded minds. Did y'all hear what I just said? Consumed souls become clouded minds. The enemy knows a thought can actually cause a deeper wound than the act. A thought can cause a deeper wound than the act. The act is just the soil, but you thinking about it over and over and over. Oh, that's the watering. Yeah, the, the, the act 
is the soil and it's real. I'm not minimizing what happened. The act is the soil. Oh, but you meditating over it and rehearsing it and replaying it and regurgitating it over and over. That is the photosynthesis. That, that is the fertilizer that causes the pain to grow. And clouded judgment always cripples discernment. I'm trying to help somebody on tonight. Clouded judgment always cripples discernment. It is going to be hard for you to discern what's next when your heart is still not healed from what was. Did you hear me? It's going to be hard to discern your next step when your heart is still wounded from what was. So I have physical paralysis due to my mental analysis consumed. He wants to devour you. Devour means to be consumed or engulfed. He wants us consumed with questions that never have been answered. Consumed with closure that we have never been given. Consumed with mental replay after replay. And if I had a chance to go back and if I could do it all over again, I would do it this way. The mental replays are tormenting. I feel this, y'all. I'm talking to somebody. The, the mental replays are tormenting because the mind replays what the heart hasn't healed from. I didn't come here to play tonight. The mind replays what the heart hasn't healed from. If I just would have listened to them, if I just wouldn't have listened to them, if I just wouldn't have gave him my number, if I just would have gave them my number, if I would have turned in the application, if I wouldn't have turned in the application, if I didn't take one more drink, if I wouldn't have believed all the lies they told me, if I would have believed the red flags. Because some people, you like staying around to see how red the flag is going to get before you obey. <laughs> it's like there are dimensions to red. I need to see how red this flag is going to get. Oh, we, I'm coming for somebody's life. How red is this flag going to get before you obey? But you can't force people to be ready. Did you hear me? You can't force weeds to be wheat. You thought that was a bouquet of red roses. Oh, but in the spirit, that was a bouquet of red flags. Somebody say discernment, discernment, discernment. Because consumed souls, please hear me. Consumed souls become clouded minds. Consumed soul, devour to consume or engulf, consumed souls become clouded minds. And whenever you and I have clouded judgment, we will always traffic in fraudulent lanes. Did you hear me? Whenever our judgment is clouded, we will end up trafficking in fraudulent lanes. I was studying and I was prepping for this message on tonight. And I was looking for a different foundational text. I was going to go another direction. But I'm a man that always wants to follow the Holy Spirit. And I felt as though the Holy Spirit was like, no, we need to build on top of this. Because the issue is not just being able to discern the weeds from the wheat. 
It's them coming to the field with clouded judgment in the first place. You preached that the enemy is sowing seeds and God is sowing seeds and the enemy is sending things and God is sending things in the same field, in the same soil at the same time. We taught that. I need you to understand the parable of the weeds and the wheat. It's confirmation that God's sense and counterfeits come in the same season. But I need you to also touch that it's going to be hard for us to distinguish weeds from wheat when we come to the field with clouded judgment. Our minds are already clouded with something. And I said, man, this, this, this is powerful. And God was revealing to me there's a critical part of discernment that I don't want you to breeze past in this discernment series. So many times you've been in church, I've been in church, you've heard webinars and conferences telling us that you should have discernment. But I want to park, pull over, put a quarter in the meter, and for the next several weeks, let's unpack how do I have spiritual discernment? How do I discern God's voice from my voice? How do I discern spirits? And the Holy Spirit was like, listen, I, I need you to remind them of 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8, this, there are six words in this foundational text that changes everything. Six words that will sharpen your discernment ability. And those six words are, be alert and of sober mind. Listen, be alert and of sober mind. Sobriety in your head is the runway for discernment. Please hear me. Sobriety in your head is the engine for discernment. Sobriety in your head is the foundation for discernment. Sobriety in your head is the intercom system that heaven used so that we could hear God's voice because a sober mind will help us discern the one who is seeking to devour. Did y'all hear me? A sober mind will help us discern the one who is seeking to devour. I know that you're so frustrated that you keep ending up with weeds. But sometimes it's not that you just don't know how to discern weeds from wheat. Sometimes it's your mind is so cloudy. You're in this mental fog, this mental haze due to a job, due to a breakup, due to a marriage, due to a financial crisis, due to a global pandemic. And the issue when it comes to your discernment and my discernment is we're coming to the table with cloudy judgment. Somebody say discernment, 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 discernment. So get this, if, if discernment is needed, for me to be able to discern weeds from wheat. And discernment is a tool that can expose the devourer. Then one of the devourer's attacks must be in the form of mental clutter. Ooh, this is good. One of the attacks that the enemy uses is he tries to get our mind filled with mental clutter. There are no straight roads, just ladders, Minds, mazes, and curves. Mental clutter and mental chaos. Because if you come to the table confused, if you come to the field with cloudy judgment, you're going to be in the fog so that you won't even be able to see the weeds from the wheat. Somebody say discernment, discernment, discernment. The epicenter of your life, please hear me, 
the epicenter of your life is in your head. The sweaty thing that I'm pointing at right now, the epicenter of your life is in your head. As a man thinketh, so is he. As a man thinketh, so is he. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. The transformation center of your life is in your head. The way you process content and intel and information and all your pre-planned clapbacks that you have just in case they come at you again some type of way. I'm talking to somebody. The way you think, the way you think, and the way you process this, these are the areas that the enemy is seeking to traffic in. And if we be honest, for some of us, <laughs> the way we think and the way our thought life is set up already, you don't even need the enemy. Like my thoughts are deadly by themselves. No satanic influence, no demonic influence. My thoughts are satanic by themselves. Anybody honest enough to say my thinking by itself is a problem? <laughs> the way I think by itself is a problem. So here's the question I have for you. Are you really under attack or are you under a thought? Is, is it you really can't discern the weeds from the wheat or is it we're selecting weeds and telling God to bless this to be wheat? <laughs> Can I mess y'all up? Are y'all ready? It's going to be hard for you to discern the voice of God when you have already decided what you want him to say. I need to say that one more time. I thought it came from somebody's throat. Esophagus, ugula, the dangly thing. It's going to be hard for you to discern the voice of God when you have already decided what you want God to say. I wonder how many of us are frustrated and think that we have a discernment deficiency when really it's we have weeds and we're expecting God to bless it. Please hear me. Please hear me. And another thing, why is it we keep on labeling endings as failure? Yeah, my marriage failed. Yep, my, my business failed. Yep, that failed. Did, why do we keep labeling endings as failures? Perhaps that wasn't an ending, but it's ascending. I'm not saying that we possibly didn't miss some things and we need to learn from them. But why do we keep labeling endings as failure? And many times endings are actually sendings. There are things right now God wants to send in somebody's life watching this message. God wants to send, but the sending is married to the ending. There's somebody crying over something that, in, that ended, a position ended, a platform ended, crying over something that ended. But that's actually making space for God to send something. Sober minds help me to discern the devourer. Because the enemy is like this. Okay, I need their judgment to be clouded. So I'm a cause for their thoughts to be crowded. One more time. I need for their judgment to be clouded. So I'm a cause for their thoughts to be crowded. And what the enemy does is he sends thoughts in seed form. This is so good, y'all. He sends thoughts in seed form, you're no good. You're never going to get over this. You made too many mistakes. 
Your past is too dirty. You're not enough. This is never good enough. You're not as good as them. He sends thoughts in seed form. Now, God sends direction in seed form as well. Draw nigh to me, and I'll draw nigh to you. In all your ways, acknowledge me. Now, listen, here's the difference. Direction is better than speed. Direction is better than speed. I'm about to mess somebody up. What if I told you that slowing down actually speeds you up? This is good, Torrance. Slowing down actually speeds you up. If you learn to slow down from your pace and learn to get on God's pace. Remember Sunday, I talked about that gap. If you learn how to embrace that gap, that will actually speed you up. Per adventure, a lot of us keep recycling seasons because you're looking for shortcuts in the process. Slowing down actually speeds you up. God is sending seeds. The enemy is sending seeds. They both do it in seed form, but watch this. Whichever one we meditate on, whichever one we keep rehearsing in our mind will cause that seed to go from seed form to crop maturity. <laughs> Y'all, this is so good. This is so good. Oh, the enemy is throwing seeds. And God is throwing seeds. And whichever one we meditate on will cause that seed to go from seed form to crop maturity. I need their judgment clouded. So I'm going to cause for their thoughts to be crowded. I want their thoughts clouded with pain. I want their thoughts clouded with worry. I want their thoughts clouded with fear. I want their thoughts clouded because whenever we don't heal from what happened in a prior season, it will always show up front row in our emotions in the next season. This is why I did a whole series called Heart Rehab, because whatever we haven't dealt with, whatever the heart has not dealt with in one season will show up front row in your emotions and your discernment ability in the next season, which is why I believe God tells us this very familiar passage of scripture in Philippians chapter four, verse eight, whatever things are true, Whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things because consumed souls become clouded minds and the enemy wants to have your judgment clouded so he starts to have your thoughts crowded but if I could start to think on these things this is why I was trying to get us to understand that intimacy clears uncertainty intimacy clears uncertainty you and I are going to have some things in our life and we're not going to know what to do and I believe I truly believe this that many times needed discernment is God's call to intercession did you hear me? Needed discernment. There's an opportunity before you. There is a choice before you. You don't know what to do. And God is like, listen, you're not going to discover the answer to this without a prayer life. You're not going to discover the answer to this without fasting. You're not going to discover the answer to this without seeking my face. Many times 
needed discernment is God's call to intercession. Yeah, we need to talk about this. We need to talk about this. Please hear me. Discernment is not looking for a problem. A lot of us, that's what we believe discernment is. I need discernment. All these problems, I need discernment. Is this weed? This weed? This weed? I don't want to make any more weed moves. Discernment is not looking for problems, but rather discernment is looking for heaven's endorsement. Yeah. It's not looking for what's wrong with this, but it's looking for God's hand on this. It's looking for God's hand on this. Satan uses mental chaos to clutter our minds. God's presence declutters it. Hear me. Intimacy turns down the volume of distractions. And anytime you have options before you, hell always turns up the volume. This is so good, man. Anytime you're faced with a choice, hell always turns up the volume when it's time for you to discern. I know I'm telling the truth. Whenever it's time to make a critical decision, whenever it's time for you to engage in selecting something, hell always turns up the volume. Hell always turns up the volume. I, I don't know if y'all remember, like, like back in the 80s, right? I was like, man, I don't understand. Like, I'm technically a late 80s baby, but I'm claiming to be like a 90s, you know, 90s with my childhood. But I don't know if y'all remember, back in the 80s, there were people who have these boom boxes, right? These big boom boxes, and they would have it like right here. <laughs> I'm like, y'all can't hear something? <laughs> why, why you have these big boom boxes? They would have these big old boom boxes and they would walk around like this. Turn it up. One time. They would have these big boom boxes. This is how a lot of us look in the spirit. We're saying, I can't hear God. I don't know God's voice. I don't know God's decision on this. I don't know what God wants to do in this season. I don't know what's next. I don't know what God is saying. And I'm trying to get you to see that when you're intimate with God, intimacy turns down the volume. But anytime we're not intimate, and anytime it's time to discern, oh, hell turns the volume up. Hell turns the volume up. Which one? Is God talking? Is this me? Is this hell? I don't know. It's a whole vibe though. Yeah. But wait, wait, wait. What's God saying? Alright. Let me pray. Now I need to pray. I need to pray. God, what I what, what do you want me to do? Uh He's attractive. They offer more money. Yeah, it looks like a good position. God, what do you want me to do? Alright, back turn it up. That's, that's how we live our lives. We live our lives like that. We're so, so caught up, distracted by our desires, distracted by culture, that we look like somebody's in the 80s with this big boom box on our ear in the spirit realm. And we're like, God, I can't hear you. Oh, yes, Jerry, Pastor Jay, I need this series. I need discernment. And a lot of us, I'm like, it's not just discernment you need. You need to remove this and turn down the volume of distractions and the only way that happens is by intimacy can i get somebody in the room to put intimacy intentional devotion 
turns down the volume of mental clutter. Please hear me. Intentional. Not just when I say let's pray. Not just when we have a corporate time of fasting. But intentional devotion turns down the volume of mental clutter. This series, family, this series is not just designed to help us develop our discernment muscles, but it's also designed to increase your hunger of devotion. Increase your hunger of devotion. What's the point? What's the point of coming out on Thursday nights? What's the point of watching series and sermon after sermon if I'm not growing? I need to have a place and I need to have messages and pastors and leaders and friends and a playlist that summons for me to grow. And I'm challenging you and I'm trying to give you the blueprint on how to have healthy, holistic, spiritual discernment. But it starts with seeking God. How do you know God's voice if you don't stay in God's face? God, would you help us? Will you help us to have a heart that doesn't just want you to reveal which one is it, A, B, C, D, but help us to have a heart that wants you, wants you and only you. Nothing else in this world matters. Nothing can come close. I want to know my father intimately, intentionally, and consistently so that I could have a sober mind because sober mindsets help me to discern the one that seeks to devour. In Jesus' name, and everybody who agrees to that prayer, who once again can't believe that was just intro, drop in the room, amen. Man, this is how I do, y'all. <laughs> this is how I do. The pandemic taught me when you come over to work, you better, <laughs> you better come out swinging. <laughs> come out swinging. Get to the content. I want to speak around this thought from this subject for just a few more moments for the time that we have together on tonight. Clouded judgment. Clouded judgment. If you desire discernment so that you could distinguish what God has planted, versus what the enemy has planted, then you're going to have to be able to have your mind clear so that you don't have cloudy judgment. Can I get everybody to put this in the room? It is confession time. You know how I do. It feels so good to hear people say it live on Thursday night, but I love you so much that I want you to constantly speak the word over your life, rather it's personal or virtual. So can I get everybody to put this in the room in all caps, Father, I said all caps, Father, clear the fog and mental haze. I want to see clearly. I feel this, y'all, all in my soul. I feel it. Father, clear the fog and mental haze. I want to see clearly. Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, and everybody under the sound of my voice, it just bears repeating ever so often. You and I are going to be faced with an option, an opportunity, and a choice that has destiny weight on it. Has destiny weight on it. And I can't speak for anybody else, but I wouldn't paper, rock, scissors when it comes to this. I wouldn't just roll the dice when it comes to this. I wouldn't just eeny, meeny, miny, moe, catch a tiger by the toe, no, bro. I wouldn't just do that when it comes to 
to this particular decision because some choices have destiny weighed on it. The crossroad of the unknown, the intersection of the unfamiliar. Choices, choices, choices are long-lasting and life-changing. And I need discernment. I need discernment because every open door isn't God and every good idea isn't a God idea. And some opportunities are spiritual ambushes playing dress up. I need discernment. I need discernment because there's one thing I discovered, and that is choices are potters. Did y'all hear me? Choices are potters. They mold you. This is so good. Choices are potters. They mold you. The choice of that career is going to mold you. The choice of that relationship is going to mold you. Choices are potters. So if we can make a choice to surrender to the potter's wheel, then he'll place us on the potter's wheel. <laughs> Did y'all catch that? If we can make a choice to surrender to the potter's wheel, W-I-L-L, -L, we'll be placed on the potter's wheel, W-H-E-E-L. And there is nobody who knows how to mold you like the potter. God, the father, God, the potter, he molds with our destiny in mind. He molds with your assignment in mind. He molds with your future in mind. He molds with your purpose in mind. No season is wasted. He molds with your calling in mind. He molds with your anointing in mind. And I can't speak for you, but if there's anybody who's going to mold me, I wanted to be the person who formed me, who formed me. Now, now this is very hard for my generation because molding, God molds in silence. God doesn't care about posting it on the ground for a like. God molds in silence. He chisels us in silence. And thank God he deals with our mess in silence. Is anybody thankful for that? He molds in silence. And the reason this could be so hard for my generation is because you can't post the molding. <laughs> you can't post the molding. You're mislabeling. I'm in a dry season. No, you're in a molding season. No, nah, Jay, it's so dry. My phone is dry. My phone is so dry I'm playing with the settings. It's, it's just dry. You're not in a dry season. You're in a molding season. I'm, I'm trying to mold the lust out. I'm trying to mold the pain out. I'm trying to mold the survivalist mentality out. Because when you live life as a survivalist, even trash becomes an option. Why are you applauding yourself that you can crawl faster than them when I have given you wings? I'm trying to mold that out of you. You can't post it. I've just arrived at this place. Let's normalize making less announcements but letting them see the results. How about that? <laughs> they just go, no, you don't need to go back on my gym grind, back on my workout plan. Just, just stay disciplined to the regiment. People will be able to know God molds in silence. Jesus, he prays his prayer. In John chapter 17, verse 15, he says, my prayer is not that you take them out of the world. But my prayer is that you protect them from the evil one. And I want to help us on tonight because the enemy is planting counterfeits.
And the second thing he's trying to do is cloud your judgment. Hear me. Please hear me. Please hear me. The battlefield is in your head. The battlefield, the warfare is right here in your mind. All this, this churchy rhetoric, this religious rhetoric, the devil's after me, y'all. He messes with my job. He messes with my car. He, he messes. The devil doesn't, he doesn't want your car. He can't drive it. He doesn't want your job. He doesn't want to work there either. He don't want your spouse. He don't want your husband. He don't want your wife. They getting on his nerves too right now. He doesn't want that. He's not after your stuff. He's after your head because he knows if I can get their head, they'll mess their own stuff up. Yeah. He hits our stuff to get our head. Did you hear me? He hits our stuff to get our head. The enemy never hits what he wants. He really wants your faith, but he can't hit that. So he hits things that possibly make your faith have a solid foundation. You think as long as you got a paycheck, oh, I'm going to have faith. Let me hit that. Is God still faithful then? Is God still faithful when life isn't? The warfare is right here in your mind because our thinking, please hear me, our thinking is shaped by our encounters and how we see is because of what we have encountered. Therefore, this is why he is behind the scenes with encounters. Y'all just going to have to catch the replay. I'm going fast because it's thundering and I don't want it to mess up the stream. I need y'all to get this. Our mind and our thinking, our thinking is shaped by what we have encountered. And what we have encountered affects our perception. This is why the enemy is behind the scenes with encounters. Because encounters, are y'all getting this? Encounters affect your thinking. Satanic, satanic severity exposes the enemy's anxiety. He's hitting so hard and he's stepping up like this because you're so close. And he knows if they could seize this, if they could conquer this, they're going to seize that. Now, this may not be for you. And if it's not, you could just sit there and look cute and be quiet. But for the rest of us, this is your confirmation. This is why the enemy has been attacking you the way he has. This is why distractions have, been, have just elevated out of nowhere. This is how we start getting random text messages. It's because the enemy sees you're embracing the time gap. And the longer you embrace the time gap, the more it's going to expose the weeds. Your thinking is shaped by what you have encountered. So he does everything he can to formulate encounters. It, it, it happened when you were a child and you got molested. He was behind that encounter. So hopefully it could affect your thinking. It happened when you were in middle school and your friend introduced you to marijuana. He was behind this encounter because hopefully this encounter will affect your thinking. He was behind when you were in middle school in ninth grade and that girl introduced you to lesbianism. He was behind that encounter because he wanted it to infect and affect your thinking. When, when, when your mother said you're so stupid, 
and you're so dumb. He was behind that encounter because he wanted it to affect your thinking. When your father said, why you can't be more like your sister? Why you can't be more like your brother? You see how they make good grades? You see how the principal never has to call home? He was behind that because hopefully that will cause comparison. Sibling rivalry has become the foundation of comparison. And hopefully I could cause this encounter to affect their thinking. This is so good, y'all. The pornographic pop-up that happened in your email, he was behind that encounter. So hopefully it could affect your thinking. And when you understand that he has been behind encounters because how we think is based on what we've encountered, it makes sense. When Paul tells us we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against the principalities, there's a devourer behind the encounters, because he wants the encounter to affect our thinking. Encounters shape thinking. Encounters shape thinking. This is why when we encounter the cross, when we encounter the word of God, when, when we encounter sermons and rhema like this, encounters shape thinking. So I want to share with you a few points, and I'm done. I'm going to get out your way. I believe the enemy has entry points because I cannot have clear discernment with cloudy judgment. What are some of his entry points to cloud our judgment? Number one, trauma. Trauma. Trauma is hell's attempt to put a bookmark in your story. That is an entry point. Hopefully, I could cause something to happen in a life that is so traumatic where that'll be an entry point to cloud their judgment. Number two, another entry point is your preference because weeds come in preference form. Weeds come in preference form. And many times we begin to get to a place where we can't see the warnings of God. We can't see the cautioning of God because our mind, our judgment is so clouded based on the preference that we want. I got an offer back in 2014 to be a pastor in St. Louis. It was my preference. They were going to pay $6,000 you know, a month. It was so much more money than I was making back then. And it was an offer. Look at this. It was a good opportunity. And I will be working my purpose and I'll be talking about my God. But I'll be out of position. It was a seed, a seed. Since I knew my assignment, since I knew my purpose, I was able to discern, even though this appears to be like a God thing, it is not a God opportunity. If I would have took that, I never would have heard Try Me. And if I never would have heard Try Me, I never would have did the Try Me series. And if I never would have done the Try Me series, God wouldn't have had that series to blow on. And you possibly wouldn't be watching this message on tonight. Entry point number three. Comparison. Comparison. How he clouds our judgment is when he causes us to monitor others more than observe what he's doing in your life. You're so caught up with what God is doing in somebody else's life <laughs> that by default, you're making moves out of secret competition. <laughs> you're like in a secret competition with them and you're missing what God is doing right now with you. Because your judgment is clouded with comparison. Number four, an entry point that he uses to cloud our judgment is money. I say this so many times. Wealth 
is to lengthen your table, not to heighten your fence. This is why the word of God says, give and it shall be given unto you. Pressed down, shaken together, and running over. For the measure you use, that same measure will be measured unto you. And a lot of us, your judgment is so clouded because you're looking at dollar signs. How am I going to do this? I ain't giving that. I need this. Judgment clouded. I'm not saying be reckless like some churches. Hey, give your whole mortgage check. I'm not saying that. I'm saying wherever we won't allow God to rule in, is an area the devourer is ruling in. Number five, sex. An entry point that the enemy uses to cloud judgment is sex. There is a couple right now, possibly watching this message, there's a couple right now that they cannot see that they don't have anything else in common besides orgasms. So you cannot see God's big red flags because of this person that gives you big orgasms. We're talking like this on tonight in church because you're saying, I need to discern. You can't discern because your judgment is clouded because of the orgasms a person gives you. And so now we have people in covenant who got married to recreate a sexual experience rather than a purposeful union. It's getting real, y'all. It's getting real. So now my judgment is clouded. And I see everything out of sensuality versus spirituality. And what the enemy wants to do is he wants you to start questioning the original kingdom agenda. I hear you, Jay. What if I practice abstinence, get married, and the sex sucks? What you're saying is, what if God's way is whack? I need a test drive, bro. <laughs> I'm not going to buy a car unless I test drive. Ladies, too, I need a man to know to put it down. And we don't understand I know this is not popular, but it's the original kingdom agenda that your singleness is an opportunity for you to detox from those encounters because encounters affect thinking. And so now I'm thinking based on my encounters. But if I begin to allow the word of God to renew my mind, then now my encounters will start to become different. Because now I've encountered the gospel. I've encountered fasting. I've encountered soul detoxing. I need to embrace the encounter so that I could detox from this. And I believe this wholeheartedly. The enemy makes sure to attach extreme pleasure to counterfeits is so good because it's so lethal. I don't even have time to bother that. Go, go watch the sex trap. I did that and I think the world changed the series. Go watch that. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 22, flee also youthful lusts, but pursue righteousness, faith, love, peace with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. And the sixth reason, the sixth entry point is a lack of spiritual nutrition. I'm not growing. I'm not getting the word in. I'm not seeking God's face. And so my judgment is clouded because I have no spiritual depth. So all it takes is winds of adversity to cause my branches of faith to fall off because I have no spiritual nutrition. And I believe the pandemic showed us this, that we were going to places out of religion, but not because this was a place that gave me spiritual nutrition. Last point, and I'm done. All this information, you got, okay, man, the entry points come through trauma and preferences and comparison. So, so how do I... 
get my, how do I get my mind clear? How do I get to a place where I have my judgment clear? Number seven, take every thought captive. Take every thought captive. It is time to bring the handcuffs out on your thought life. <laughs> so I was like, man, I got a lot of thoughts. Well, you need a lot of police word. You need a lot of police word to arrest all them thoughts. This is why prayer life is so good because praying teaches you how to cast down thoughts. All during prayer. Man, I'm hungry. Cast it down. Man, where's my phone? Cast it down. You are training your mind to cast down thoughts. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing it into captivity, every thought to the obedience of Christ. Now, this is why the time gap is good, because I have to train myself on how to arrest thoughts. Man, you don't understand. My mind, I got a lot of thoughts. We got to get a lot of word in. The same way you pump the porn in, you got to pump the word in. The same way you pump Netflix in, you got to pump the word in. The same way you pump Facebook in, you got to pump his book in. Take every thought captive because clouded judgment causes for us to have discernment that is crippled. So God, right now in this moment, would you help us to recognize their thoughts that have been fired in our mind in seed form. And whichever one we rehearse will transition from seed form to crop maturity. And I want the word to mature in me. I want the word to evolve in me so that your word could be a light unto my feet and a lamp unto my path. I trust you, O oh God. Help us to discern and to have clear judgment because it is the epicenter of our lives, our mind, as a man thinketh, so is he. We ask you to remove the mental haze. In Jesus' name, amen.